when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. Sorry, Della, I'm not with you today. Hey, have you read the book, From Hostage to Hero? You know, my book. Uh, if you have, would you please go to Trial Guides and review it, trialguides.com. You can find From Hostage to Hero. It's been at the top here pretty um, for the last several months, so you probably can still find it there, but you can just search for it. And write me a review, please, pretty please. I have a goal and I want to meet it. So if you have read it, let me know what you thought. We're getting such lovely reviews over there. And I appreciate every single one of you who have gone over there. And if you haven't reviewed the podcast, you're listening to it right now. Wherever you're listening to it, pick up your phone and just click the star rating if nothing else. Or write me a quick review about what you think of the podcast. I also have um, some goals there. And I'm all about reaching my goals, which is what we're talking about today, which is time management. And so I've been meaning to do either a webinar or podcast, and the webinar just didn't happen. And so I'm going to do a quick podcast on this. And if there's more interest, I'm happy to do a webinar to talk about this more in depth. But so many of you are struggling with the concept of how to manage your time. And, you know, I, I kind of put it off because of the whole quarantine. But then I thought, you know, this is actually, uh, and by the time this podcast comes out, we may not be in quarantine anymore. Here's hoping on a certain level and maybe not on another. But um, I thought, you know, this might be a time actually to be thinking about it for those of you who are still at home and not being able to get out. And you, when you get back, you want to really work with your time in a different way. So I'm going to share some things that have worked for me. I am a schedule queen. I love scheduling. I'm changing how I do it all the time. But there are a couple things that have really stayed constant and I find them to be very, very helpful when I am managing my time. And I'm going to share those with you today. It really comes down to three basic things. All right. So the first concept I want you to be thinking about when it comes to time management before I share the system that I use is the concept of making decisions ahead of time and why that is so incredibly important. I'll go back to my weight loss journey. I'm nearing now 40 pounds down. Uh, really excited about that. And um it's, it's really come down to this idea of making decisions ahead of time. And so Corinne Crabtree, who's my weight loss coach, talks about this concept quite a bit. And I think this really works with whatever we're talking about, time management, weight loss, or anything else. And it's the concept that when you make decisions ahead of time, what you're using is your prefrontal cortex, all right? This is your, your decision-making rational brain. What happens when we make decisions in the moment is we tend to default because we have to make literally thousands of decisions every day and we go into decision fatigue. We default to our habit brain, all right? And our habit brain just does what is easiest. So for example, I do all of my meal planning on Sundays. 
right? And now we've actually changed it to Fridays because normally my husband, Kevin, who many of you know is a trained chef. I know. I'm lucky. Um, he normally went on Mondays, but now we've switched over to Fridays. But whatever day is the day that he's going to go grocery shopping, we plan our meals for the week. And what's great about that is that <clears throat> Sunday Girl has my shit in line, right? She is holding the higher agenda for me. And every morning of the day that we're about to enter, I write what I call my 24-hour plan. That's from Corinne Crabtree of what I'm planning to eat that day. Why? Because morning, sorry, is way more equipped to make the decision that my future self would thank me for than 4 p.m. sorry, or even 12 o'clock sorry, who's starving and wants to eat fast food instead of the planned lunch. This is the entire concept between be, uh, about making decisions ahead of time is that you make decisions when you are in the best frame of mind so that you remove that that temptation and that overloading of your brain when it comes time. I mean, when you come to 12 o'clock and you're starving and you haven't decided what you're going to eat ahead of time, of course, habit brain is going to take over and just do what's easiest. Why not make the decision when you are rested and thinking ahead. Because then when it comes to 12 o'clock, you don't have to, what am I going to eat? You can go, oh, I'm so thankful that morning sorry already made that decision for me. And I tell you right now, this is the reason why I'm nearly 40 pounds down. By the way, those of you who are thinking I'm on some strict diet, I have pizza every week. I have dessert every week. I'm not talking like cauliflower, crust, whatever pizza. I'm talking about real, like Domino's, Okay down 40 pounds. Why? Because of some other things in the weight loss program called eating two to two, which you can go back in some of my other podcasts and I've talked about that. But because I've decided ahead of time, I don't just eat pizza whenever the fuck I want to. I pre-plan that because sorry, future sorry, who's thinking for me on Sundays, now Fridays, she's got my back. And I can trust her to make the decision. I cannot trust Sari at 12 o'clock who's starving to make the best decision for me. So when it comes to time management, the big overall view I want you to hold on this is what decisions can I make ahead of time to one, free up my headspace, which all y'all could use, and two, which really has my back, right? Which really shows me that future self would be honored by this decision. My values are being honored by this decision. That's the kind of thinking I want you to have when it comes to time management. The second thing that I want you to be thinking about before we go into the nitty gritty of how I do it is to check in about your energy cycles really in two ways. So what do I mean by this? Well, first of all, when you look at your day, everyone has a different energy cycle. So some people are super engaged and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in the morning. That's me for sure. If I could have my whole day end by noon, I'd be <laughs> great. Um, some people are like really don't come alive until 10 o'clock in the morning. Other people do their best work after five. So my question to you is what is your energy cycle? Okay, so that that really has a lot to do with this because if you're planning all of your stuff when you're totally about to fall asleep, for me, that's between 1 and 3 p.m. I rarely coach clients between 1 and 3 p.m. I will if I have to, but I, I that's just my downtime. It's just um, my brain isn't working. I'm tired. Um, that's not a good time for me to, to do coaching clients. Uh, so I try not to schedule them during that time. 
And that's the second part when we're talking about what your energy cycle is, to be thinking about what energizes you and what depletes you. For some people, working with clients, meeting your clients, that kind of thing, is super energizing. So you're going to want to schedule that, knowing that you that it gives you a burst of energy. For me, it's depleting. Not that I don't like working with clients, but I'm very energized in the session. And when I'm done, I'm totally depleted. So I never, again, schedule things after my coaching clients because I have no energy left. That, for example, a lot of my coaching goes on from three to five in my day because then I'm done with my day. So I I don't schedule them. I schedule them in the morning and I schedule them in the late afternoon because then I don't have to do anything. So if I have them in the late late morning, then I can go into lunch and do that whole thing. And I I don't have to have that energy because I know that working one-on-one depletes me. Again, not in a negative way, but just I give everything I got when I'm in a client session and I'm, I'm done afterwards. So check into your energy cycles. When are you more alert? When are you more down? A great book on this is When. That's the name of it. I think it's Daniel Pinker. I can't be sure about that. I think it is. But the name of it is called When. And he talks all about uh, energy cycles. And you can actually take some quizzes if you go to his website. Again, just Google When. I should have had this ready before I podcasted, but I didn't. All right. So all of my time management really comes down to those two focuses, making decisions ahead of time and tuning into my energy cycles. All right. So here's how I actually do the planning, which I think will be helpful to many of you. And this comes from the book, Time Management from the Inside Out by Julie Morgenstern or Stein. Again, should have had that ready. (laughs) But Julie, this book is great. And her whole premise is called time blocking. And some of you may be familiar with this, but once I found this concept, I just found it to be the most helpful concept with time management that I've ever seen. And here's the basic gist, is that you take your seven days and your 24 hours a day, and the first thing you do is you block out when you're going to sleep. So for me, that's 10 to 6.30, okay? I'm in bed at 10. I'm normally awake, uh, quite honestly, about 5.45, especially here in the summer, spring and summer. Um, but I give myself that extra 45 minutes to roll around, to, you know, think about the day, whatever. I, I just know that I have to be out of bed by 6.30. All right. So you're going to go in there and you're going to block that time out. Then you're going to start blocking out the time for you. And it's really important you do this first. So for me, I block out 6.30 to 8 every Monday through Friday. That is my time. I do my morning pages, I have my coffee, I check my email, I do my planning, my 24-hour plan for my food, I do my planning for the day, right? So I do weekly planning on Sundays, which is here's what I'm going to do every day, and then I actually put it on my daily calendar that day. Once you have your you time in, you might have other times in. For example, I schedule my workouts. So for me, I, I really experimented for a while with workouts. I did them in the mornings for years. And then I was like, you know, morning time is my time that I'm most creative and most on, as I just said. So I like to be at my desk by 7.30 or 8. And I'm just raring to go. But then I tried moving it to the evenings and I would find that I, I'd get, you know, going with work. And then I'd be like, no, I just keep going and I'd push through and I wouldn't get my workouts done. So as weird as this is, for me, my workout time now is in smack in the middle of the day. We go back to the idea of energy cycles. That's when I have the lowest energy. So a workout is super helpful at that time. So around 11 o'clock, I've been working for three hours at least. 
I get my workout gear on. I either go for a walk or go down to the basement and do my elliptical, my weights. I come upstairs, I meditate, I take a shower and I have lunch. And then I have some time between one and three because that's my, my no client time to either get some things done, take a nap, study, whatever. That's my day. So I put in 11 to one is my workout time nearly every day. Not always. Sometimes we have guest webinars at 11 o'clock and then I switch it from 12 to 2 or I do it in the morning on those days. That's the nice thing about this system is that I know that I want to block out two hours every day in my schedule for my workout, shower, meditation, lunch, right? So if I need to on a particular day move my 11 to 1 block, I just move it down. Now it's 8 to 10 so I can be on my webinar by 11 o'clock. That's the nice thing about time blocking is that it's a block of time that you can move around. It normally is in the same time, but not always. Then this is really important. I start to group my activities, right? So there's my creative, like getting stuff done. And I block those out on Monday mornings and Friday mornings. That's my miscellaneous stuff Christy needs for me. Um, just, Just nitty gritty miscellaneous stuff. And then on my Monday afternoons and my Friday afternoons are times for learning. So I'm doing some of the courses that I've purchased on marketing or I'm, I'm doing some business system stuff or I'm, I'm, I'm working on the business or checking in with people. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, those are my client days, client and teaching. So I'm either doing a webinar or class in the morning or client and then I have clients in the afternoon and I've already talked to you about that schedule. Now, where this came from is that I used to just open up my schedule and take as many clients whenever they wanted to be on my schedule. And that never worked for me because then my energy was all over the place. Now I have particular times that I do particular things and it manages not only my time, but my tasks. Because I can easily say to someone, if they, Christy or anybody else, if they need something from me, I can look and see my Monday morning, which is my miscellaneous time and my Friday morning, that's already full. I can't get to you back till next week. Sorry. And my client days are all about teaching and being with clients and studying and rest because I really want to be on for my classes and my clients. So I don't do any to-dos on those days. I don't, I'm not doing miscellaneous things. I'm not doing phone calls. I'm literally just available energetically to my clients and myself. Again, that's my study time, my being with clients. Maybe I'll listen to a podcast on coaching. That's my time for that. So it, it, and then Friday afternoons is pretty much unscheduled. If I need it, it's my overflow time, but otherwise I can take Friday afternoon off. So this is what I'm suggesting when we're talking about time management is that you really start putting the things that you want to do that are of like in like categories instead of spreading it all over your week. And some of you might say, well, that's just impossible. Sorry, my week is, it just is what it is and people need things. Bullshit. Bullshit. I don't buy it. Look, I'm as busy as a lot of you. And you can get a handle on your schedule. Maybe you only take client appointments like I do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Or you do them only in the afternoons. And morning is your time to prep for trial or write your briefs or get your motions in. I guarantee you, if you start blocking your time, you will start to see your productivity increase because you're not just doing things when they come across your desk. You know, in in Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People, he talks about the four quadrants. So you have the Q1, the Q2, the Q3, and the Q4. So Q1, quadrant one, is urgent and important, okay? So this is like, 
you know, you're you're about to settle a case and call from a client comes in, it's urgent, you have to take it, and it's also important. Then you have Q2. Q2 is important, but not urgent. So that might be things like working out, spending time with family, writing a book, whatever that might be. Q3 is urgent and not important. Okay, so phone calls, emails, things that are in your face all the time, but they're not really serving you. And then Q4 is not urgent, not important, right? So that's like being on Facebook, just, you know, watching TV. It's not that you never spend time there, but that that they're just not important, urgent. They're not necessarily important. Now, most of us spend our lives, think about this, in Q1 and 4, right? We're constantly being bombarded by things that at least seem important and urgent. And to escape that, we escape into quadrant four. Quadrant two nearly always gets ignored. And this is why you saw, I said, put time in for yourself first. You know, there's another concept in from habit, uh, seven habits for highly, seven habits for highly effective people, uh, where he talks about a classroom where they have this glass cylinder and they have all these big rocks and then they have a bunch of sand and they tell the class to um, get everything in the cylinder. And so most people pour the sand and then try to get the rocks in and it's just impossible. But when you put the rocks in first and then you slowly pour the sand in, it starts to fill in the nooks and the crannies and you can do it. You can get the whole cylinder full. This is the type of planning I'm talking about. You put your big rocks in first. You schedule your time to sleep. You schedule your time with your family. You schedule your workouts. Then you look at what's left. You schedule time to write your book. And you say, how do I want to use this time? Well, it looks like I have four afternoons left. That's going to be my client time. Or I have three mornings left. That's going to be my time to prep for trial or write my briefs or emotions, right? Monday mornings are time with my staff. And you'll find that these containers are work exactly as they need to. <laughs> They're containers. You know exactly when you're going to do things. And if you need to move things around, you can because they're blocked. So you have a client who's only going to be in town on Friday afternoons and you know that Friday afternoons is your time to study, let's say. So you switch Friday afternoon to meet with your client and you study on Wednesday morning instead. And you, ha you had that time open for clients. You just switch them. That's what's nice about the system. So you can do this in Excel. You can just put together a seven-day, you know, 24-hour per day sheet, and you just start to color it in. And here's what I really want to remind you of as you, you take off with this idea. Experiment. Have fun with it. I'm constantly changing my time map because sometimes my energy cycles change and sometimes I'm more this or more that or my kid's schedule changes with school or, or Kevin's now a coach in the business and, and we have to shift things around. I'm constantly playing with this. But your schedule is more important than you recognize because when you're all over the place, everything that comes across your desk feels important. And when you get really clear on I'm blocking my time out for myself first and then I'm filling the rest of it with the sand, right? My big rocks go first. You'll find your life becomes way more manageable. Well, I hope that's helpful. Make your decisions ahead of time. Watch your energy uh, cycles, kind of track them for a while, see how this works and time block. That's, that's what I do in my life. It really, really helps. I even time block. I time block every day except for Sunday. So Saturdays, I would time block. When I used to be able to go out and do hot yoga, we'd do that. We'd plan our week. We'd go pick up our daughter because my parents watch her Friday nights. And um, 
then I do three hours of the household and I take a nap and family time. And then Sunday is unscheduled, blissfully unscheduled. I try not to do anything on Sundays, try to get all my planning and stuff done. I actually said I, it was on Sunday. I've now moved it to Saturday. So that Sunday can be completely unscheduled. So it works for weekends too. Have fun with it. Post in the From Hostage to Hero group. I'd love to see some of your ideas. I'd be glad to give feedback on mine since I've been time blocking for years and I hope this is helpful and a way to get you toward the life that you really want to live. It all has comes down to how you spend your time. It really does. All right. Let me know if this was helpful in the Facebook group. Talk soon. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sari's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.